Welcome, welcome, welcome. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to enter into your courts, God. To enter your courts with reverence, to enter your courts with worship, and to enter your courts with thanksgiving. And we're gathered here together, mighty God, for one purpose, and that is to worship our almighty Savior. To give you praise and honor and glory that is due to the mighty name of Jesus. We pray your anointing over this worship, that it be a sweet, sweet sound to your ear. And we ask your anointing and your spirit to flow over and through each one here gathered today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So last week I came to church with my burdens and my concerns and my worries, and the Lord lifted all of those. And I'm just thankful that we can gather in the house of the Lord and be refreshed by him. And um, so let's just worship him because, you know, he can he can take care of every need and every burden. And he deserves that glory and honor through our praise.
about my garden, and I've been asking God, how do you want to cultivate this land, Lord? And I can't see the vision, and I keep getting frustrated. Lord God, I want to see the vision of how you want this land cultivated, and how would it glorify you? And then as I, as I was in prayer, I just it just came out of me, like, my desire in my heart is to restore what was stolen from God in the Garden of Eden. We steal from Him relationship when we neglect Him. And I want to offer back to God relationship that was broken and it needs to be restored. And I have my part to, to do that, Lord. Lord God, we want relationship with you. We want the garden experience that you planned and you desire, Lord God, to have with us. Lord God, we love you and we worship you. You are our Savior. You are our Redeemer. You are everything, Lord, our all in all.
purpose relationship, Lord God, but depth and intimacy, Lord God, as you had planned, Lord. Lord God, help us restore
You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords, Lord God. We submit to your authority, Lord God. We surrender to you. You are Alpha. You are Omega. You're the beginning, the end, Lord God. You hold time in your hands, Lord God. You created time. Lord God, nothing is impossible with you, Christ Jesus. We worship you and you alone, Lord God. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Holy are you, Lord God. Holy are you, Lord Jesus. You are mighty God. Holy is the name of Jesus, Lord God. Author and finisher of our faith, Lord. Your mighty Lord. Majesty, majesty. Holy is the name of Jesus. Holy are you, Lord God. Your mighty Lord. Have your way in this house today, Lord God. Have your way, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. We surrender our lives to you. We surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our burdens and we cast our cares upon you because you care for us, Lord. You love your children, Lord. You love us and you don't want anyone to perish, Lord God. You want all to come to repentance. And Lord God, we know you are God and you are faithful, Lord. When we are unfaithful, you are still faithful, Lord. And Lord God, we have, we have separated ourselves from you because of our selfish ambitions, our selfish desires, Lord God. And we need a cleansing and repentance, Lord God, because we know we cannot earn our way to heaven and the only other option is hell. And we do not want to be separated from you forever, forever ever and ever Lord God we need your salvation but more importantly we need intimacy and relationship with you and we have broken it each one of us because none none is righteous none is found righteous but Jesus and he is our only way to you God he is the only way and so we Lord we repent of our sins Lord God we repent of our selfishness we, we repent Lord God that we neglect you and we spend time on our own desires Lord God more than we spend time with you Lord and so we just offer our repentance Lord God we we submit ourselves Lord God we do not know the perfect plans that you have for us and what you created us for, but we know that you are a creator, Lord. You are our creator, and we submit and surrender to you, Lord God. Wash our sins away, Lord God, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ shed for the remissions of sins, Lord God. We know you, Jesus, are the Son of God. We know that you died for our sins, that we sinned against you, that we were born into sin, and that we need your cleansing, Lord. And so we say, Lord God, please, Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. And they are many. But Lord God, you are faithful and just to forgive. And you make a way where there was no way, Lord. We cannot do it on our own. We can't do it in our own strength. But in our weakness, you are made strong, Lord God. We are strengthened by you. And you alone, not by, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. We are yours. We submit to you, yes. and you lead our lives. You lead us, Lord, because we don't know the directions. We're blind, Lord God, but you can open the eyes of the blind. And, Lord God, open open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, the, Lord God. Open open you a way, Lord God, to see you, Lord. All of us, all of us are unworthy. Not one of us is worthy. Not, not one of us has earned it, Lord. It's about surrender surrender we surrender to you your ways not our ways lord humility pride comes before the fall but lord god you lift us up you you wash us off you take us up out of the miry muck the miry mud you wash us off you cleanse us you mold us you shape us into your image let us reflect your image lord so we're flowed by your Holy Spirit to be led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Help us take up our crosses daily and follow after you every day, Lord. Repent. Seek after you. Desire you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love our neighbors ourselves, Lord. Help us. We can't do it alone. We can't do it in our own strength. You're the vine. We're the branch. Thank you, God. You are mighty, Lord. You are mighty, Jesus. Praise your mighty name, Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. 
I appreciate what Audrey said when she sang in the garden about uh, relationship and restoring relationship. We often sing that song in funerals because we think of, uh, you know, the garden of a cemetery and the peacefulness and also of the returning home and communion and walking together in the garden with God. But we don't have to wait till we pass to have that relationship. We don't have to wait until we're gone to walk in the garden in his presence, to have the peace of his resurrected power and, and, and presence within us. We can do that today. Another thing that, I, I, that came across my mind just now as Audrey was speaking, she was listening this morning to a, a woman ministering, and I said, who is that? And it was Paula White, and I thought, I, don't, I didn't think I liked Paula White. And God reminded me of that just now. Last year, was it 2019, Dad preached a sermon on the body of Christ. And that evening, we went to a, a service with a, what was her name? Heidi Baker, and she preached a sermon on the body of Christ with some very, very, very strong imagery of what does it look like to God when he sees his own body cutting off its own arms and its own limbs, attacking itself. In this time, God is cleansing his church. I don't know if you've paid attention, but who knows who Ravi Zacharias is? He's a, he was a major apologetics uh, minister and a man who went to universities around the nation, has a major, had a major ministry organization, and uh, just a, a champion for you know, debate of the apologetic side of, of our ministry and, and debating with atheists and having that strength and intellect. And, you know, I believe he's a mighty man of God at some point, but he fell horribly, and, and, and this came out after his death. And, and the Lord has spoken already and said that there would be a cleansing. He wants his body to be pure. But the other side, the flip side of that coin, is we need to be ready to welcome all members of the body. And that's why I think the Lord reminded me of my reaction. I don't think I really care for that person. We need to be ready to have our arms, our arms open for our own. And there have been things that have divided the body of Christ, and we need to be ready. I'm not talking about, you know, wrong doctrine or anything like that. But there's a lot of little things we need to be prepared to drop and, and to move as a body. If we were one like they, like God, like Jesus and the Father are one. He said that if, if, if they were one, like we were, like we are one. If they could be one, we need to be one. We cannot operate as a body with no arm, as a body with no leg or no foot. And I just say that because I just feel that the Lord is building his body. He's putting back together his body. And there are parts of the body that will not continue. There are parts of the body that are going to be severed and left behind. It's like having, you know, gangrene or something on a limb. It can't, it can't stay. It's got to come off. It does hurt. I was speaking to somebody about that yesterday. You know, I thought, well, this is just something an atheist can point to. And look at this man. He was a champion of your cause. And look at how he fell. Just proof that God's not real. No. Proof that God's holy. And that we are not at his level. And that there's not one of us that is above gospel. There's not one of us that is above his message and his holiness. But it doesn't mean, you know, that man's not saved and in heaven today. It just means that, you know, that ministry, that God needs a holy people. And God needs holy ministries. And no one is above that. And we need that. That needs to be true. We, we, no one's going to take the body down. Um. There, there's no man so important that we need them so badly that we're going to corrupt the body of Christ for it. So I just, I think we need to be ready to have our arms open for the lost. We need to be ready to have our arms open 
for those in the, those in the ministry that maybe we didn't like before, because God can deal with them too. God can work with them too. And I think he's going to. I think we're going to see moves of Christ that, it, that wakes everybody up, no matter where they stand and no matter where they are in the ministry. You're welcome to come up, and we'll pray with you. Anyone who wants to come up, we will pray with you. Um, you know, and it, we'll pray with you about the, the anger and the frustration. We all feel that. Um, but there's a piece of walking with Christ that we need. Because without it, we're all in the same place, um, lost and uh, you know, at each other's throats. And uh, so... We'll pray with you about that and your family, and we want to we want to cover each of the needs that was raised today. And if there's anyone else who wants to come up, you're welcome to. If I can get loose. Give him praise. Give him praise because he's worthy of all praise. In Jesus' name, we ask. Read your Bible. Do you have a Bible? We'll give you one if you don't. Read it because it will teach you who he is and you will know when you pray that you are praying to the God of the universe. Yes. The God who created this universe. Not some ethereal spirit that's just out there, but the God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, who just forgave you of yes. your sin. Yes, Lord. Yes. You were to walk out of here today 
and somehow your life be taken, you would go to heaven because you have accepted Christ. You believe that? It's true. It's true. It is true. It is true. Flesh. 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 I can't wait to tell you what I came to tell you this morning. I can't wait. Oh my goodness. Don't we appreciate the presence of the Lord? You know, last week we talked about Jesus breaking every fetter. Guess how he breaks them? By the anointing. By the anointing, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I had a bunch of things I wanted to say, but I think we're just going to jump right in with both feet and get into this message. Oh, Lord. When I was a girl, 15 or so, before my grandma Nail died. She was a very wise woman. She sat right about there when we had three rows of pews across. And one day I said, Grandma, this was after Brother Watson appointed me to be the pianist. And I said, but Grandma, I don't know anything and I'm not very good. That was the understatement of the year. And she said, Jesus didn't ask you to be the best. He asked you to be faithful. And I think her words were true. And I thank you for your faithfulness this morning. I so thank you for your faithfulness. And I know that God has blessed you for it but I appreciate it. Father, I just ask you now to let your anointing fall on me, on this message, on this congregation, Lord. Every word that we may see your glory in Jesus' name. If you would turn to Exodus chapter 30, we're going to talk about the altar of incense. And you might have noticed that we have an altar set up here this morning. We're going to talk about it. In this chapter of Exodus 30, God is commissioning Moses to build the altar of incense for the tabernacle. Now, at this point in time, the tabernacle was a tent. And of course, this is a very rough <laughs> replica, if you might uh, accept it as that. But we're going to talk about it in a minute. Verse 23 through 29 is going to be our text. Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half as much, 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, and of olive oil, take a hin, H-I-N, which is six quarts. And thou shalt make it a holy oil and ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be a holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith and the ark of the testimony and the table and all his vessels and the altar of incense, and thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy. Whatsoever touches them shall be holy. And drop down to verse 36. 
He shall beat it up into a fine powder, talking of all of the spices, of sweet smells, where I will meet with you, and it shall be unto you most holy. Now this compound mixture of oil and sweet smelling spices was to be put inside a golden incense burner, which God had also commissioned Moses to build, and it would be lit from the coals off of the altar of worship, which was outside of the tabernacle in the front. And then the golden incense burner was to be put on a table just in front of the Ark of the Testament or the Ark of the Covenant where the mercy seat was inside the Holy of Holies. And the fire was to be tended to twice per day so that it burned continually unto the Lord as prayers and worship going up. God was very serious about this process and about this anointing. Oil mixed with spices, sweet, holy anointing oil. We read that it was to be put upon everything in the tabernacle, every station, every element that was used in service or in worship was to be anointed with this, this oil compound. All the priests, their clothing, everything was to be anointed with this oil. And the Bible said that anything that touched any of these anointed things, things were holy. They became holy as a transference of the anointing oil that was placed on these things. The symbolism of this was so beautiful because of course it's a picture of Christ sitting upon the mercy seat and as we offer our worship and our prayers and we lift our holy hands unto the Lord in praise, it rises to his throne as a sweet smelling savor. What a beautiful picture. In Luke chapter four, Don, this is taking my breath away. <laughs> this is the strongest smelling incense I've ever come across. And not that I'm an incense, uh, but you see the, the smoke. Can everyone see the smoke? That's the intent of it this morning. So if you can extinguish it, because it's taking my breath away. I'm sorry. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I didn't mean to drive everybody out with the <laughs> smell, but whoo, I know, goodness. Luke chapter 4, Jesus had been in the wilderness fasting and praying when he was tempted by the devil in this chapter, and afterwards he went to Nazareth, to his hometown, and he preached his first sermon there, and he took the book of Isaiah out of the minister's hands and he began to read it as recorded in Luke verse, uh, chapter 4 verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me, this is Jesus speaking from a quote in the book of Isaiah, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, was anointed to preach, to teach, to serve, and to die. But it doesn't stop there because we are anointed also. 1 John 2.20 says, But you, believers, have an unction from the Holy One. I looked up what the word unction here 
means, and it is translated charisma, where we get the word charisma. And it means to smear on a thick scented ointment, the same ointment of the Holy Spirit from which flows all the gifts and graces of the church. And it is the same which is typified in the text that we read in Exodus 30, 23 through 25. It's the same unction, the same anointing, the same Holy Spirit as God instructed Moses to anoint everything in the tabernacle with. But it had to have smelled better than this. <laughs> Anointing is what separates the church from the world. There are many, many good people in the world, of course. There's some stinkers too. But there are many good people. So why, are the, why is the church different? It's because of the presence of the Lord, the anointing of God. So not only are the things of God anointed, Jesus anointed, and we are anointed with that same thick, sweet-smelling ointment of the Holy Spirit as the body of Christ. Verse 27 in 1 John 2 says, But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth, and it is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. In John chapter 14, as Jesus was preparing his disciples for his final departure from them, and he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. But I will send the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, and he is the Anointer, that thick sweet-smelling balm whom the, whom the Father will send in my name. The stuff got in my throat. I'm sorry about that. Wow. <clears throat> but I tell you this. In this chapter, in this uh, John 14, Jesus gave us his power of attorney. Think of it. He said, greater things will you do through the anointing that will dwell in you than I have done for the glory of God. Not so that we have notoriety, not so that we have power over people or anything else, but for the glory of God. And I'm here to tell you today, we have been saying that the glory of God is coming back to the church in a mighty way, and I believe it with my whole heart. This is why Jesus has sifted the church, why, how Don was just talking about the body of Christ and those who have fallen, and you know when you see something like this, I, I told Doug the other day, it's like when you have to discipline your child. It breaks your heart. You don't want to have to hurt your child, but you know that if you don't, you have missed it as a father. You haven't done the right thing, or, or mother, whatever the case may be. Jesus has sifted the church, the wheat from the chaff. This is exactly what the Bible says, the sheep from the goats. But he has preserved a remnant, anointed with the Spirit of God to carry forth his will, to carry forth the glory and the miracles that he's bringing back to the church. And I believe it with my whole heart. I absolutely do. But we must contend for that faith, 
for that anointing. We have to want it as we sang about this morning. I want your presence, Lord. And one more thing, we cannot, cannot be distracted by the things we see with our eyes in this world because they are deceive, deceiving. Done by evil, done by Satan, we know that, to deceive the church. We cannot look at that, cannot pay attention to that because God is a spirit, the anointing is the spirit, and we need to look to him. Our country's deliverance is not going to come through a man. It is not going to come through a government agency with three letters on it. It's not going to come from the Supreme Court. It is going to come through the church of God, praying for the anointing, standing for the anointing, and acting in the anointing. God will perform his word. He will deliver. So as I said, you may have noticed this little altar here in front of us this morning. And I'm going to tell you what that is all about. I recently heard someone say that before they pray, they decree before the Lord and they say, no enemy, no spirit, no evil force will interrupt my prayer, will intercept my prayer, but my prayers will go between my spirit and the heart of God directly without interference. And when I came to the church on Thursday morning, as I've told you my habit is, usually between Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm here several days. And on Thursday morning, I came in and every single time I come, the anointing falls like a blanket. I'm not joking. It does. And this morning, I prayed this prayer, it's this Thursday morning, and I began walking the circle, just praying and praising and, you know, entering into a time of prayer and worship with the Lord. And I always walk the perimeter of the building and just around and around and around and I had probably gone around six times, and on the seventh time, I walked past the sound booth, and I opened my eyes, half the time I have my eyes closed, thank the Lord the anointing protects me because I almost fell off my feet right there a few minutes ago. But my eye caught this little basket, and there are some stones in it of some kind, glass little beads or something. And the Holy Spirit just prompted me to stop and put my hands in that basket and just rub those stones around in my hand. And then he said, pick up two stones to represent the two most burdensome prayers that I am praying right now, and I can tell you who they are, but I will not, and carry those around in your hand as you walk and pray. And I did, and I made three or four more laps around with these stones in my hands, praying. And I said, Lord, touch these. They're so desperately in need of your spirit and your word and deliverance, Lord. Touch them. And I came down to the front here and I was just standing with them in my hand and the Lord said, place them on the altar. And you see one stone here is green. I had them in this hand actually. This one is green, the one I picked up first. And this one is sort of a coral color, which I picked up second. And the Lord just said, lay them on the altar, just like this, and go get the basket full of the beads and bring them down and put the basket in the middle on the altar. So I did. And I've left these here for you to take stones 
for your most pressing needs, for your most pressing prayers that you have on your heart. And I have here some anointing oil. Smells way better than this incense, I guarantee you. There we go. I had it open on Thursday. And it's just a tiny little bit of oil. You can just rub it on your hands. It smells so sweet and beautiful, how I'm sure the one in the tabernacle smelled so much better. And then you can pick up your stone and you can anoint it with the oil. And you can ask the Lord to touch these. We know this is symbolic. There is no, there is no um, power in the oil. There's no power in the stones. We know it's symbolic. But I also know the Lord told me to do this. And I'm going to ask you if you would come and pick up a little bit of the oil on your hands and rub it and pick up a stone or two, however many you feel you'd like. Anoint your stone and pray over your stone. You know, eight or ten years ago, I can't remember when, it may have been, it may have been even later or longer ago than that. Jim wrote a song in the 45 years I was married to him, it was the only song I knew that he ever wrote. Well, that's not true. There was another one, but it was awful, and we won't go there. Yeah, because um, he made up songs all the time as he was driving and singing, but that's not this song. This song is called, Oh, the Anointing. And it says, oh, the anointing, we're going to sing it in a minute. Your sweet anointing, Lord, breaking the yoke of sin and breaking the bonds of fear. Oh, the anointing, your sweet anointing, Lord, bringing me into your presence, Lord. And I said last week we talked about Jesus breaking every fetter. How does he do it? Through the anointing of the Spirit of God. Do you want to come and take a stone and anoint your stone? You can put it on the altar or you can take it with you as a remembrance, whatever you want to do. I left mine here because I felt that's where I wanted it to be, evil. Un, just ungodliness. Whatever your stone is, trust the anointing to meet the need. Pray with us. Everybody lift your stone and just pray and ask the Lord to touch your stones, what they represent. God, we just lift our hands before you a people who love you, Lord, a people who trust in your word, and we stand upon the fact that you break every fetter, and we are bringing these fetters today, Lord, these bonds, these chains, these stones, Lord, and we're asking your power and your presence to take care of them. We're asking you, Lord, to bring deliverance. We want to see the sight brought to the blind, Lord, as your word said that you are anointed and that greater things than these shall we do. Yes. We want to see, Lord, your power and your anointing take care of these things that we bring before you this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We're going to sing that song. I think Audrey got it up on the on the overhead. I'm gonna do it on the piano.
and we contend for it here, Lord. Oh, God, that you know us by name. Yes. You've said many, many times you know us. You see us and you fill us, oh, God. Thank you for your presence today, Lord. Thank you for the stones of remembrance that we're going to claim in Jesus' name because they have been anointed Oh, hallelujah. Go with us today, Lord, in your sweet, sweet presence. In Jesus' name we ask, amen and amen.